0: Hi there and welcome to All Matters the Network That Thrives. My name is Nolutandum20, and thank you so much for journeying with me as we co-create a network that really does thrive. This is episode two of season one of the podcast, and in this season we're having heart conversations, which is really reflecting on mental, emotional, and spiritual well-being and experiences. In today's episode of the podcast, I reflect on the last 10 years of my life as somebody who just turned 30. Um, How I arrived at this point was in September of 2020, I was sitting at a friend's 30th birthday brunch. And the conversation turned to the reflection of our 20s. I didn't necessarily have a relationship with all of the women at the table. But what did come up was um, just how we felt like our 20s had gone. And what we were feeling as most of us were really in the last year or two of our 20s, um, and moving into our 30s. This was an accomplished group of women, really professionals, very happy in their careers for most parts. Um, Some married, some not married, but all feeling like um, they're very comfortable in the space that they're in. And it was very interesting just to listen to some of these ratings. So we rated our 20s out of 10, And look, these numbers were scary, you know. I personally rated my 20s a 4 out of 10, and um, it wasn't the lowest number. We had 1s, we had 2s, and the highest that we were able to get from this sample of women was a 5 out of 10. And that got me thinking, I was just like, yo. Um, First of all, I'm pretty grateful that I, in that moment, I had a sense of Community that I wasn't the only person who reflected on their 20s as just a difficult time, as a very emotionally tumultuous time. And um, I've recently turned 30 myself in January 2021. I turned 30, and I was thinking to myself that this genuinely feels like um, a level up, it feels like um, a complete transition, moving from one level to another. Um, you know, really a paradigm shifting kind of change. And I'm very excited to spend some time with you um, on this podcast, really sharing some very difficult lessons and reflections from my 30s, my apologies from my 20s, um, and kind of reconciling um, some truths with myself as I share them with you. And so um, that's what I'll be sharing with you um, on this episode. So the first lesson that I really, really learned, and I, I'm still shook by how it hit me like a ton of bricks, but it's stay away from spaces where you have to twirl for love. And this simply simply put means if you have to perform to be there, you probably shouldn't be there. And it's, it, it's, it's because performative Relationships, performative spaces really hinge on inauthenticity, right? They they hinge, oh, they hinge on you being inauthentic consistently. And the issue with being inauthentic is that, I mean, you spend most of your teenage years and your twenties kind of trying to figure out who you are. And once you know who you are, and once you really start figuring certain things out, to stay in spaces where you have to show up in a performative way, um, so that you can maintain aesthetics, relations, professional networks, friendship circles, jobs, whatever the case may be. Um, it really does eat away at your sense of self and um, I learned that it's just best to, to really stay away from those spaces. So anyway you have to put on a performance um, to be loved, to be affirmed, to be seen. You really should um, not waste your time with that. Um, second lesson um, that I'm happy to share with you is spiritual strength is supreme strength um one thing that one truth that i came to um for myself is that everything is spiritual and um you hear the saying that we're spiritual beings having a human experience and that kind of became very true for me um in my um in my transition or a truth that i've come to be okay with um in the transition is that everything that for instance um that I started in in prayer landed properly when it came through to life when it manifested, and I think that that's a very important um, life lesson that I've learned that we we really are spiritual beings having a human experience, and this is important for internalizing surrender in a we're living in a time when. We want to control so many things. We want to have a sense of control about so many things. It's been very interesting just to find out that I didn't really put myself on Earth. Like, I'm not a living, breathing human being because I'm really smart or really special. Um, I was put here um, by what I believe is God and, and there's a large part of life that needs surrender. And when you come to that point of surrender, you gain a certain level of spiritual strength, which I believe is supreme strength and which helps us navigate life from a different lens, a different um, a different kind of grace, and a different kind of gratitude. So that's another interesting lesson that I learned um, in my 20s. Another lesson that I learned um, is cultivating relationships with your blood family is more important than we'd like to think. And um, this, this one comes from, you know, being, I guess being in spaces where it's been kind of affirmed that we know that a lot of our struggles um, are kind of generational and that a large part of the difficulties that we endure on a day-to-day come from the knowledge that, that we are breaking generational curses, that we're doing new things, and that we are trying to do healing work that heals us of some generational pain, some gen- um, some repetition of stories of um, healing from violence and so on and so forth. And I thought to myself, well, isn't it a bit of a, a, a confusion, um, I would even say cognitive dissonance of, not working on our relations with our blood families but being convinced that we're breaking generational curses. Generational curses for who? Um, If you do not have the empathy and the grace for your bloodline, how do you plan to break curses for that bloodline? Because that's where generational curses are broken, right? It's for the bloodline, it's for your blood family. And I think that if the soil is healthy, if the opportunity is there if the work can be done with our biological families, our relatives, no matter what's gone on in the past or no matter how difficult it may seem to work through it, I think that it is important for us to really work on those relationships. Not discounting friendship. I know many, actually in my own life, there's been many seasons where my friends really held me down and the fact that there was no blood relation between us really didn't matter. But I do believe that Um, we're born into the families that we're born into for a reason and that if you if really it's possible to work on those relationships it really becomes important also becomes important in your knowledge of self in your sense of self knowing who you are um, is a very important part of being able to maneuver through life identity um, knowing um, you know your bloodline understanding certain Certain things, just who you are and where you come from. And I think that becomes an important thing um, as you move forward and as you grow older. So fixing those family bonds, y'all, if you can afford to do that, um, if there's room, if there's grace, if there's relation, you really, really should um, spend some time cultivating those relationships. Um, So moving on to the next lesson, I learned that you really need a hobby, So this comes also from um, forgetting life, right? And when I say a hobby, I don't mean going out for a joel with your friends every single weekend. Going out for a joel with mates is great, but that's not a hobby. I mean being able to really have some sort of an activity where you um, apply yourself, apply your mind, your body, whatever the case may be, and you really are able to enjoy it. Just enjoy it. Um, Having a hobby is really important. um, And you don't have to monetize the hobby. You don't have to be a victim of hustle culture. Um, Having a hobby really allows you to give yourself permission to enjoy life without making it about the coins and the money. Hustle culture can be so dangerous. And I know we live in pursuit of a soft life. But that does not need to come at the expense of joy. And I think this is important in learning just to be. Hobbies help you to just be. Um... We're not pursuing money, we're not pursuing esteem, we're not pursuing um, networks, we're not pursuing anything really that uh, has to do with, I almost want to say capital, um, but we're just enjoying life. And I think it's an important thing um, to be able to not um, make everything about money, not monetize all your hobbies, not monetize all your gifts, not monetize all your habits, that could potentially make you money. Just have a hobby and just learn to be. I think it's an important thing also for mental health and that's one thing that I've learned and so um, I've decided that I'm picking up two hobbies this year I'm not ready to share what they are. Um, I will share when I'm up and going with them so I'm very excited though um, to be to be embarking on this because I spent my 20s thinking that going out for um, brunches with friends and shopping were hobbies and those are not hobbies. Um, they're, they're nice for being they're nice for enjoying life but I mean real activities um it's it's very very different all right so the next one i've learned which is a very which is a very very tricky one i also think is our experiences are not doctrine so what we've been through is not how it is and not how it will be for everybody else and we need to be careful because once we think that our experiences are doctrine we come, we run the risk of being people who are constantly projecting um, or who want to um, diagnose the lives of others because they don't look like ours. Our experiences are not doctrine. Our truths are our truths, uh, but they do not form the foundations of how life can be for others in general. It is an important um, lesson to come to terms with especially as people move into being more uh, into being adults and being accomplished if you may um, especially if people move to as, as your friends in your 30s move to I don't know they may choose to do certain things have kids not have kids um, keep partying stop partying whatever whatever the case may be go to church not go to church whatever the case may be our experiences are not doctrine and it's important to be able to to know this about yourself and your story so that you can actually be kinder to others and kinder to yourself um, about how you maneuver the world and the decisions that you make for yourself Um, which also leads very nicely into my next point right and it's take care not to take advice from people who have not necessarily done their healing work in situations and this is career-wise marriage-wise older people your peers colleagues whatever the case may be in general, if someone goes through exactly what you've been through, but has not worked through the difficulty and the trauma of that situation, they may not be wise enough to give you counsel and speak into your life. Qualify your advisors. It is an important, important aspect of being. And I think this, this is, this will actually kind of show you where to go to drink, you know, um, which well to drink from And I, I somebody made an analogy I didn't really like it but we can go with it because it makes sense and it's that you need to think of the people who give you advice as a board of directors first of all there's not a single company in the world that has one million board of directors and other things in a board of directors people are diverse you know you have people who are HR experts you have people who are auditors um, who might sit on a, an audit committee you have people who are more in the social sciences who may sit on a social and ethics committee so it's a diverse group of people who come together but the one thing about the that they're all qualified to be there and that's what you need to be able to understand um, about the people who give you advice and that's not completely discounting the fact that every person you meet in the world has something to teach you that's a that's a humility thing but it's knowing where to go from advice and also knowing when advice is some is 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 constructive and when it's not you know you really need to qualify the kind of people and um that you allow to speak into your life because if people have not done their work chances are they cannot offer you um they can't offer you lessons they may be able to offer you their story but they may not be able to offer you the revelation from their story and it's the revelation that makes us better so that's a very um, important life lesson that i learned Um, another one that i learned is on the issue of being stuck and um it was very important for me to understand or get to a point where i understood the difference between being stuck and being in a silent season and it's important to learn to discern the two because i think when you are, come from a generation where people are always achieving things and buying cars and linkedin gives you that um, notification and you go on insta and we're clapping for this one and you go on twitter and that one's trending because they've done really cool stuff it can really start to feel like you're stuck when you might a First of all, be working uh, be walking in a season that you prayed for and now you're walking in it. But because you're looking around, or just because we're human beings and sometimes we do compare, um, you might ma- you might arrive at a point where you feel like you're stuck. And or because things are not working according to your your your, your own timetable and, and and how you thought your life would be, and your own plans and your own goals, and and you know you've written them down and you've written dates and the vision board is up and None of it has really come to pass the way and some of it's working, some of it isn't. And, but I know one thing for sure is that our generation is very quick to just conclude that we're stuck. And I think it's important just to know the difference between being stuck and silent seasons. In some seasons in our lives, we move. Um, we move from congratulations to congratulations. And in some seasons, it's just stillness. We're being humbled, we're working, we're sowing seeds, you know. Um, we're, we're watering the seeds. We're, we're reworking the land. We might be uprooting the seas because the soil's actually not good and we've got to start again, whatever the case may be. Um, I think that we, we like to achieve things, we want a soft life. And I think that a lot of people misdiagnose their season um, and call it being stuck when you really are in a silent season. And so I've learned in my twenties that um, there's more time than you think and there's more wisdom and grit inside of you um, than you would you would even begin to imagine. But that has to kind of come from being dormant into the surface and silent seasons are good at that. They're good at bringing the stillness, you know, the, the, those gifts, that creativity, that grit, that wisdom, um, they, they're good at bringing those things to rise so that we may live in them and walk in them. And sometimes, Um, We think that we're stuck when we're not seeing ourselves achieve tangible things. But I think a lot of life's blessings and a lot of life's um, kind of linkages, you know, the thread of life, a lot of those things cannot be seen with the naked eye. They really are very internal. Another lesson um, that I'd like to share with you is that it's a common one. But if you're struggling to extend anything to yourself, you're going to struggle to extend it to others, meaning that you cannot give to other people what you did not have for yourself. If you have a limited amount of grace for the mistakes of others, chances are you have a limited amount of grace for yourself. If you're struggling to forgive others, chances are you struggle to forgive with yourself. Um, It's in our lifestyle, it's in our relationships with others that we see what's really going on with ourselves. Um, And we really need to be able, I think that's what self-awareness is, right, self-mastery, I think it's a journey, I can never say that somewhere between my 20s and my 30s, I've mastered this, I think it's a, it's, it's a journey, but I've I've come to, I've come to terms with the fact that this is it, that this is the journey, and that it doesn't, that it, it, it's not necessarily um, a matter of, like, arriving, you know, I, I haven't arrived when it comes to My relationship with myself And therefore I don't think that I have arrived With my relationship with others But this is very important especially In helping us not to be people who are consistently Projecting our fears And our traumas and our emotions on other people When we Heal our relationship with ourselves we can. When we fill our own cup Then we can be able to extend that to other people And it sounds like common sense It's said so often but in practice It's so difficult It's so difficult to be able to say to yourself that you struggle with forgiveness and the reason why you struggle with forgiveness is because you struggle to forgive yourself and then it's difficult for you to go back and try to trace um, the things that you have not forgiven yourself for you catch my drift it's a bit of a difficult journey it's work it's work and I always speak about inner work it is it's very difficult for you to say um, that you struggle to extend grace to yourself grace for joy and and so on and so forth um, and, and to go back into your life, into your own story to really see the areas where you lack the grace so that you can heal that, so that you can extend it to other people. But I think it's an important lesson to and I think it's the foundation um, of our ability to show up in our professional spaces and our personal spaces um, for us to be able to understand this as a, as a real-life lesson, um, if you may. So... Another lesson that I've learned is how we spend our money is a direct reflection of what is spinning around in the deep parts of our souls. To loosely quote scripture says, wherever your heart is, so your money flows. This is always so difficult to reconcile because it feels like our likes are our likes. And I like to shop and I like to spend money on food and this and I like to spend or I don't like to spend. I never spend. I keep the money. I I let my shoes tear before I buy new ones. Whatever the case may be. It's all of it is a reflection of really what's happening um in in our hearts. And If you just think about some of the money habits from your early 20s, a lot of us made some really shocking money decisions and that was a reflection of our immaturity. And and so is every other money decision that we make um, moving forward. This was a very difficult thing for me to reconcile with myself as somebody who um, was uh, uh, who really got a high from shopping. Really, I, I really enjoy shopping. I feel fantastic after spending a day at the mall. Like, my feet must hurt. Or I feel fantastic when I'm online shopping and I'm filling my cart, and so on and so forth. But it's very important to be able to, to, to differentiate between just fun spending and really your money kind of showing you some patterns, you know. Um, something that I read very recently on social media is um the thing of popping bottles or being out and spending your money on food and, and, and so on and so forth. It was an interesting reflection from somebody who said that that whole thing was them trying to show people that they had made it. And I mean, that's not the case with everyone, but it's just a clear example of somebody who's come to the knowledge that how they were spending their money had a lot to do with something that was happening within their heart, something happening within their souls. And I think it's an important um, listen to also learn with your money um, I know some people who Don't like to che- check their balance That's the relationship with your money Telling you something um, I know people who um, Who don't like to pay the debt You know, Who hate the debt That's telling you something And I think that it's very important for us to know That even though we live in a capitalist society Where really How can we not have a strange relationship with capital and money um, Because of what money can do and because of money, money's ability to be an enabler, how we interact with it really does tell us a story. Um, so, yeah. And then moving to one of the last lessons that I'll probably share during this podcast. There is no such thing as no new friends. And I don't know, I think Drake sang the song, right? And then he sold us this thing of... Like no new friends. And I I mean I think it's a bit of it's a lot of hogwash in retrospect that um, we would close ourselves up to to being able to reimagine friendships and and I say this in in this regard. We're able um, as individuals and in our relationship with self to reimagine it, to recultivate it. We're able to say that who you were in January 2008 and who you are in January 2010, not the same person. In romantic relationships, we're able to say we grew, right? We grew from this level to this level. I once dated this kind of person. Now I date this kind of person or now I'm marrying this kind of person. So why can that not be true for friendship? And I think it's a very important lesson for all of us that sometimes the mantra of no new friends really keeps us away. If we've internalized it, it keeps us away from spaces which may be healthier and better for us. We have to be able to move um, and, and become better people. With that said, uh, my own personal things that I'm always suspicious of a person who doesn't have an original tribe. So I still believe that. I mean, along the way, no matter how you're evolving and the new friends that you might be making along the way, there will be those one or two or three people who've been with you since really, you know, since you were kind of young and you've been able to grow with them. I'm very suspicious of people who don't have, um, you know, like a tribe member that they've kind of walked the journey of life with. But I do believe that it's important for us to be able to be open um, to new friendships and relationships without fear, without favor, and without feeling like, um, to be 30 and to be making new friends means that I'm doing something wrong. It's a it's a very, very um, weird kind of thinking that we came up with and all concluded that um, making new friends at f- the older you get should not happen. But I really do believe that the a, a sign that you're growing, that you're open, is the ability just to make new friends. Um, so yeah, knowing new friends is not a real thing. Not for me and personally i don't think it should be a thing for you even the final reflection i'd like to share with you today is of taking care of yourself so y'all we got to take care of our skin take care of your nails take care of your hair take care of your physique it doesn't matter if you're male or female or non-conforming eat well work out Work through the situations that cause you to have strained relations with substances like cigarettes and alcohol and food. Nobody talks about food as a drug, but it can act like one. Um, We don't talk enough about medicating with food really. But anyway, in your 30s, the puza face comes out to play. Um, The chubby waist comes out to play. Everything that you ate, drank, neglected in your 20s it kind of shows in your 30s in your physique. And so, I mean, the stained teeth, the pot belly, all of it is basically showing up to kind of tell you what kind of decisions you made in your 20s. And so the last lesson I'd really like to, to really reflect is that you should really probably take better care of yourselves if you are in your 20s moving into your 30s. But if you are in your 30s and you have all of this, I mean, what a wonderful time to be able just to decide different, right? decide to eat better to now start working out to revisit your relationship with substances including food and so on and so forth so those are some of my reflections i really hope that you can share some of um, your reflections with me on our instagram page um just to wrap this episode up a friend of mine from primary school recently on my birthday I actually sent me a text and she said to me, Her, her elder sister says that in your thirties you receive all your dividends from your twenties. And I think these dividends are both good and bad. But um I was hoping that it would be true in terms of the good stuff. Uh, but I think it'll also be true in terms of some of the difficult things that we have to um kind of learn. So thank you so much for um listening to this and thank you so much for um um, just giving me your ear and your heart. Please do share far and wide. Please do subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and on Apple Podcasts. My name is Noluthando 20, and this is All Matters, the network that thrives. <laughs>